Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Reminds me of that Brandon Cooks non-touchdown last year. Remember that? The Rams are down 3-0. Brandon Cooks sprung wide open, and he was at the back of the end zone. But Jared Goff saw him too late. You make that a touchdown. That changes everything. That is a championship play. If you are going to be one of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL, you make that throw. You zip that ball in there. Any kid that's played mad knows. The best quarterbacks on the planet make that throw. That's a championship moment throw. Champions make championship throws. That's how you become a champion. It's funny, I'm sitting here thinking about my go-to play in Madden. If a guy like me can figure that out, I'd like to think Jared Goff can figure that out in a game that has a lot more riding on it than, you know, being able to tell some 12-year-old in Topeka to cram it. You know, I was in a good mood. I was in a fine mood this Thursday morning. Championship throw, baby. Championship throw. Did uh, did you spot the lie? Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. You're not wrong. wrong. We just like when you have your things and you 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 you'll get that point in. Championship throw. If you want to be a champion in a championship moment, you got to make a championship throw to be a champion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And we've seen it time and again, right? (laughs) Yes. We've seen it. We saw it last year. (laughs) We've seen it from Tom Brady. Right. We've seen it from Patrick Mahomes. Right. We didn't see it from Jimmy Garoppolo when he had Emmanuel Sanders wide open after the Chiefs had taken the lead in Super Bowl 54. So, you know, it's not like some hot take or some inaccurate read of reality. It's that that's how it works. And those moments are fleeting. And you always think you're going to get back. Remember when Dan Marino, well, you oh, were like right. three years old, but well, after no, Dan but Marino lost the Super Bowl the first time, his attitude was, ah, I'll have many, you know, I'll have plenty more chances. No, right. he never had another chance. Yeah. Never had another chance. And he didn't even have a chance during that game to make a championship throw because the 49ers kicked his team's ass. Yeah, no. It's, Good morning. You're right. Hey, I'm not arguing anything you're saying. We're just having some fun here on a Thursday morning. But good morning to you, too. And you're right. You don't know how many of those chances you're going to have. I mean, I think you could say the same thing. My father, he was in a Super Bowl, best day he ever had in his life. And I think he thought he'd always get back to one, two. And then his team got back and he got hurt. So you just, you never know which way it does go. Uh, and you got to capitalize in those moments. And of course, there was, there was two big moments in that game where he didn't capitalize. Same play. Same play, right. Same play. That's what makes it worse. See, you got me started again. In the second half. After a 25-minute intermission where they surely said, hey, this play popped wide open. We, 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 you know, we threw the underneath. We didn't throw it down the field to Brandon Cooks. We're going to call it again at the right time. That's where you're going. Okay, okay, okay. And, and, and he, he held the ball too long, and he didn't throw an accurate ball, and that was that. So your dad stepped up on the biggest day of his life professionally. He did. You know, his whole, his whole life. From from the days of the John Denver without the glasses look at Moorhead State, <laughs> yes, right? right, working and fighting and scratching and clawing. He got to a Super Bowl, and he had one of the best days any quarterback's ever had on Super Bowl Sunday. He didn't have to make a championship throw because every throw was a championship throw that day for him, except well the one yeah. or two that he that he threw. How, what, what were his numbers that day? 22 and 25, 22 and 25. Yeah. And, you know, he'll tell you, you know, there was a drop and then there was another one that was a pass interference. 
that it, that he's got a case for. There's no doubt. He was he could have been very close to being 24 for 25 in the day. So uh, he didn't need to throw. No, you're in that right. Moment, lots of in championship any moment, throws that day because he had lots of them. Yes, it was a championship did. day for him. So yeah, you know, look, and and we're we're talking about all of this because there's a rematch of Super Bowl 53 tonight between the Rams and the Patriots. It doesn't feel the same because Tom no. Brady's gone, right. but a lot of the other pieces are the same, including the pieces on the Rams, including the coach and the quarterback. And we talk so much about coach and quarterback. It's the same coach, the same quarterback, and. We'll see if they can get it done. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it's an interesting matchup nonetheless. I mean, yeah, it's not Super Bowl 53. I don't think there's going to be any other, like, personal aspect here, right? You know, there's too many new players on the Rams and the Patriots both together to where it just – there's nothing personal about that aspect or, oh, we lost, we still got a bitter taste in our mouth. Yeah, that can happen sometimes. But either way, you know, the ramifications for tonight are, are pretty huge. I mean, it's kind of a must win for the Patriots, as we know. The Rams, it's not a must win, but it's a big game to where, yeah, seeding, want to win the NFC West, you know, see where you, who you got to play in the first round, all of those type of things. They go into this too. And the bigger thing is the Rams have had issues with New England type teams this year. They have. The Dolphins whooped their butt down in Miami. Brian Flores from New England. The New York Giants gave the Rams early in the year all they could handle when the Giants weren't even playing good yet. But again, Patrick Graham for the New England Patriots. There is obviously some common knowledge within that coaching regime or coaching tree as far as how to be a pain in the butt for this McVay offense. I think that's really one of the more intriguing things about the matchup tonight. You were talking about that during the Dolphins-Rams game earlier this year. What What, what is it that that is is detected right. by the Belichickian coaching fraternity when it comes to the Rams' offense. It, 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 it's the five- and six-man fronts to stop the speed sweep inside-outside zone combination, right, Mike? I mean, we watch the Rams every week. It's, you know, fake the speed sweep. There goes Robert Woods flying by, and then it's, you know, either give it to him or hand it to the running back. And because Robert Woods flying by, a lot of the times he opens up these weak side gaps because people go with him. So now the running back gets the ball, and people on the backside have flown away from Robert Woods because he's flying out that way. And that gives the running back the op uh, opportunity to make a cutback, and there's usually a big lane there. New England found out, and, you know, in the Super Bowl, they were one of the first to do it, where a five- and six-man line, yes, you can always have a guy there ready for Robert Woods to take that aspect away, and now we can use the other guys to kind of stop the run game itself and stop the actual running play. And that was one of the, the, one of the basic things they did that has given that offense a problem, and the Giants and the Dolphins both did that alike. I think that part of it, too, uh, beyond that, is just the relentless pressure on Jared Goff, who is one of those quarterbacks sure. that can't really do a whole heck of a lot when there's pressure in Definitely. his face. Not that there are many who can, but he's clearly in the category of the guy that that can't buy time with his legs. You see a lot of the same rollouts that we see from Kirk Cousins and whatnot, but when, when he's under duress, right. you know, it's kind of like the the, the the slow motion gangly and I'm sorry but that's just kind of the way he's built you know he's and and I, I, I he, he, there are issues with his throwing motion there it's amazing he's I, I, you know I, I want to be more charitable to Jared Goff it is kind of amazing he's gotten this far when you watch him play isn't it it, it is it, I mean you know again he he's the moments of him being able to carry the team at least for me are few and far between I mean this is this is something we've discussed a lot. Hey, when McVay and his little, you know, formula plays are really clicking on all cylinders and he feels like he's got a defensive in a bind, man, then Jared Goff looks great because now the bootlegs, like you said, and the screens and the play action passes are wide open and that leads him to getting into a good rhythm. And then the drop back pass game starts to look pretty good off of that too, because, Hey, he's feeling good. I'm getting completions all over the field. It's the games where New England in the Super Bowl, Miami this year, hey, the Giants, even though they won that football game, and there's you know the 49ers when, okay, there's a knowledge of the McVay formula because the 49ers have that too because Kyle Shanahan was with McVay, of course, to where, okay, now those tricks have gone away. Now is Jared Goff going to beat you? And 
Has he done? Has he beat teams? He has definitely, but it, like I said, it's few and far between there. And I think that's the big thing tonight because of New England secondary, they're going to be able to put a lot of people at the line of scrimmage and stop, you know, these combinations that McVay runs, and that's going to make Jared Goff have to drop back and make throws in the football game. And ultimately, I think that's where it's going to come down to: can he make a handful of throws tonight? and not turn the ball over and get positive results out of it to where they win the football game. He throws an interception or two, they'll be flirting with fire, and they might find a, a big L uh, after this game's over. As we have this conversation, I'm perplexed about the fact that the Rams are favored by five points, according to our friends at points. Bet. I thought it was a little much when I saw that last night. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised. Our, our picks later today, <laughs> the... PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned Megapix podcast. I have a feeling we're both leaning in one direction. Let me, well, yeah. let me throw a curveball at you. I want to throw a curveball at you. Sure. Because this speaks to something that Shereen Williams and I were talking about earlier this week on PFTPM. Because one of the things that, that really confuses me about the NFL when it comes to looking for coaches is that more teams don't try, at least try, to engineer a transaction where you compensate some other team for the opportunity to lure away their head coach. Right. That it isn't even attempted very often. John Gruden, Herm Edwards, when the Jets were ready to get rid of him anyway, to the Chiefs. Right. They tried to get Jim Harbaugh to the Browns back in 2014-ish. L let, me, let me just – there's a lot of assumptions here, but I'm fascinated by this possibility. And you tell me, if you're Sean McVay and the Chargers come calling, and they work out some sort of a deal with the Rams. Let's that's again, that's a lot of assumptions. It is, yes. If you're Sean McVay and all other things are equal, and you're showing up to work in the same stadium anyway, would you rather coach the current collection of Rams players or the current collection of Chargers players? Oh, I you know, that that's it's a close one. It is. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a because there's some young talent on that Chargers team. And, of course, you got that quarterback there that is very special and can do all the things, I believe, that we just kind of talked that are not Jared Goff's strengths. Like, Justin Herbert is a guy that has showed me enough in moments and, you know, what he's done throughout the year consistently to go, ooh, in the future, he could be a guy, jump on my shoulders, guys. I got this. I'm going to make plays. I'll make throws. I'll get us in the right play and carve you up. But – I don't, there's something to be said about the culture he set forth there with the Rams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, a good group of receivers and things there. I, I don't know if I would abandon ship for that. I don't know if I would. Is is is, is good. You, you, you don't yeah. like the Chargers receivers? I do. Keenan Allen. I do. I just don't know if I could. If I'm Sean McGee, they are. They're great. There's a lot of good on that Chargers team. We know it doesn't make sense that they're three and eight when you have a top ten defense and a top ten offense. That that kind of just says it all that there's been something messed up there. But no, I think McVay has got something special there. They've got championship pedigree. They're battle-tested. I know he could probably bring that there too, but you don't abandon what you got right now to go across town and, and go to the Chargers, which are, you know, yeah. I, I, my point is it's yeah. a lot closer than you would think it is on the surface. It's a lot. That of, is 100%. It would be a tough decision to make. 100% it is a lot closer. Yes. There, there's a lot of positions I think you could go through and go, no, I think the Chargers, you know, their unit's better than the Rams here. Their unit's better than the Rams here. So it is. It's a lot closer than the records would, records would suggest. That's for sure. And for the Rams, the record suggests the inside track to winning a highly competitive NFC West that has gotten less competitive in recent weeks because the Cardinals have fallen off. But as of right now, PointsBet has the Rams at a minus 143 proposition to win the division. That means you bet 143 bucks, you win 100 if they win the division. The Seahawks are in second position at plus 120. They're currently holding on to the number five spot. They don't have much margin for error, and there will be a Rams-Seahawks rematch coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. The game we were talking about yesterday that we're looking forward to seeing play out. Do we think the Rams win this division right now? If you got to pick one or the other, NFC West champion or not, what would you go with? I would. I would say yes right now. Um, you know, tonight, yeah, I haven't wrapped my head around who I think I'm going to pick to win that football game yet. But after that, it's Jets. Come on. And then it's Seattle and Arizona. 
and I like how they match up with both of those football teams. I mean, we've seen. I mean, they they gave Russell Wilson and company all they could handle, and Kyler Murray looked about as average as he's looked in his NFL career last week against the Rams. So for that, yes, I do. And tonight's going to be, you know, of course, like we talked about a close football game, and we talked about all those, like, positives and things. New England has the advantage of the Rams on offense. But the other side of the ball, man, that Rams defense is the real deal, too. I mean, I don't know, Mike. We, we could see a 9-6, a 13-10 game, a lot like the Super Bowl, all over again. Because I have a hard time thinking that the Patriots, as great as their run game is and everything there, I have a hard time thinking they're just going to run the ball at will on the Rams, who have good cover guys. And again, just like the Patriots will be able to go, we can load the box and stop the run and trust Jalen Ramsey on Nikhil Harry or whoever – is playing receiver that's not that dangerous for the New England Patriots. And that's where I think we're going to see a defensive struggle tonight. Yeah, and it was a defensive struggle yeah. for most of Super Bowl 53. And and you don't have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to connect with a big play that kind of popped it all open. That's going to be the challenge. At some point, Cam Newton's going to have to make a play yeah. with his arm. Right. And do we have faith that he can make a play with his arm when he's got Aaron Donald in his face and Jalen Ramsey out there tracking whoever his best receiver is tonight? Yeah, that that's going to be the big thing of the game. I think they will be able to protect him just because of their run game and they do such a good job up front of you know being in the right place and they're not going to let Aaron Donald get too many one-on-one -on -one opportunities. But I can't imagine throwing the ball being real successful for this, this New England team tonight. No, I mean, you, you said it. The this, this secondary for the Rams, young but talented, very talented. Brandon Staley, in his own right, is Belichickian in his weekly defensive game plans where he's, he's awesome. He's a rising star in the business. So uh, I, 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 even with all that, the Rams know the Patriots are going to run the ball. And they're going to load the box. And you know what the Patriots are going to do? They're going to still run the ball. They're going to still go, we don't give a damn. There's nine guys there. This is what we do. We're going to run the football. And it's going to be a battle of wills because the Patriots, they, they can't play any other way. So they're used to it. They're not like, oh, we're outnumbered in the box, and now we're going to throw the ball to our great matchup out here. No, they just go, all right, guys, we've been teaching all week. This, this is the best play we can do against this front. Let's figure it out. Let's block it. Boom, bam, boom, and see how it goes. And more times than not, they open up and move people and, and do that. So uh, that's where it's going to be fun to watch because the Rams are not real big up front. They're going to have to do it with numbers, not actual size and girth. And this is a critical game for the New England Patriots. Yes, it's important for the Rams, but they can get away with an L tonight yeah. and still find their path to January. The Patriots, on the other hand, at 6-6 six and six in a highly competitive AFC they lose tonight, they may be done. Steve Kornacki had the playoff percentage at 21 for the Patriots, even after they obliterated the Chargers right. in the same stadium where they'll be playing tonight, 45 to nothing. 21%, I like those, well, I don't like 21%. I think the Patriots have a better than 21% chance in my own kind of pasta and meatballs gut feel. Just because I'm, yeah, I'm tainted by the last 20 years of what we've seen. Sure. The Patriots get into a bind. They find a way out of it. It's not going to be easy, but it does begin tonight. They need this one badly, Chris. And they don't have an easy road. No. They've got, they've got the Bills and the Dolphins lurking. That is not... Uh, uh, the, 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 the quickest and simplest path to the postseason. If the Patriots get there, they will have earned it. Yeah, there's no, I mean, toughest schedule in football this year. And I don't think it really, like, it, it bared out any different. It wasn't like the year started. We we're like, oh, the teams we thought were going to be good were crappy and all that. No, they, they got everybody that was good and everybody that was supposed to be good was, was good. And that's a pain in the butt. But how can you count them out? You know, you're right. It's a must-win game. I think if they lose, I, I really don't see how they can – they can make it happen. I mean, they're just, they're going to have to, you know, too many miracles will have to happen at this point, but they, we, how many times have we counted them out this year? I mean, the Ravens game didn't think there was any chance they could win that. I mean, can they contain Kyler Murray because they couldn't contain Deshaun Watson the week before? Can they do it to Kyler Murray? Oh, bam, they did that. No problem. You know, have beat the Raiders. We've seen them beat quality football teams. And we know they're going to come up with a proper game plan tonight to put their team in the best chance to win the football game. But, you know, to Mike, like, must win, played four days ago, and I don't know. I mean, 
I'm looking at pro football talk yesterday. Is Did they have the longest injury list in football this week? I mean, they're a beat-up football team, too. That worries me about tonight a little, too. Yeah, I never quite know with Bill Belichick, though. You're right. You're he has right. a tendency to put 30 guys put everybody on, there. on is questionable. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah. I, and and they, they went out to L.A. for this trip, and, and I, I just wonder how much winning 45 nothing as easily as they did in such a fluky way how do you clear that that it's a positive fog but how do you how do you go back to 0-0 to start another game when you have so easily rolled up that many on a team like the Chargers that i think that makes it harder to get back on the horse 4 yeah. days later i think yeah. you need more time to recover from and accept the fact that those games don't happen very often at all and don't think that all of a sudden you're going to start blowing people out. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll get to that. I mean, you're right. I feel like most teams might fall in a trap in this kind of week, but not New England, not with Bill Belichick, and not with how every game has been very hard for them this year. I mean, every game. So I, I think they realize, like, hey, that was a great break. Oh, my gosh, that was unbelievable. But, hey, let's not forget, we had to drive down and be perfect twice to beat the Jets in New York. And, you know, they've had a lot of other games where they they had to play their best the last few drives of the game to beat a team that was not very superior or very good in general. So I would have a hard time thinking they lose sight of that fact. And they're going to be on their game and realize the importance of uh, tonight and, and what it's all about. They have 15 players on the injury report wow. going into tonight's game. And they all have the label of questionable. Every damn one of them is listed as questionable. And they all were limited in practice all week long. And it may just be that he's resting these guys it could be. after playing on Sunday. Right. And they know what they have up against them tonight. And you look at the Rams. The Rams have one guy with a questionable tag, and that's kicker Matt Gay. Everybody else who's on the injury report has no designation, meaning that they are good to go. So I, I, I just wonder whether this is just part of the siege mentality that Bill Belichick is trying to hammer into his guys because he knows what it's going to take to get to the playoffs. You could argue their road to the playoffs, the four games that they need to get there, I, I'm not going to say they're hard or as hard as what it'll be when you get there, but see, the thing is, the teams they're facing the rest of the way don't have that same win or go home. Yeah, the desperation. That, that, that you have when you get to the playoffs. Right. So you could argue it is harder now because you're not going to catch someone who's maybe freaked out by the moment because they know if they lose, it's over. Any of these teams, other than the Jets, and it doesn't matter, it's over for them already anyway. But for the Rams, Dolphins, and Bills, they can, they can get away with an L to the Patriots. The Dolphins, it may be a little sketchier based on what they otherwise do, but the Rams and the Bills are getting to the party, even if they lose to the Patriots. And I just think that that gives it a different a different mindset. It's not going to be easy. It, you could argue it's going to be easier for the Patriots to climb the ladder in January than it will be for them to climb the ladder in December. Well, I, I, I hear you there. I do. I mean, either way, though, I think like the Rams tonight, they feel the pressure a little bit. They they do. They know where they are and their standings in the NFC West and all of that. And, you know, after that, hey, like the Buffalo Bills, they win this week and beat Pittsburgh and do those type of things. And I don't know. You don't know what happens with Kansas City. All of a sudden, they could look at themselves when they're playing New England going, wait, we can be the number one seed. I mean, what, what if the Chiefs lose to the Dolphins and the Saints this next two weeks? What if that happens? I mean, it's a very real possibility, and then everything's going to be sh shook up. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that could happen, even though it's the Chiefs and they always find a way to win, but uh, I get your point either way. And the Patriots are going to have to play just to – they're going to have to do what they've been doing. Have, they have to play almost perfectly every football game. I mean, it's perfect. And that's where, like, Cam Newton, yeah, the stats don't blow you away or anything like that. But it's not like – you turn on the film and you're like, whoa, people are flying around wide open all over, the, all over the field. No wonder the stats aren't good. He's not hitting people and not seeing them. No, he is. They're taking advantage of every yard in like millimeter they can possibly take advantage of in that New England offense. And Cam Newton, it's 
throwing the ball well, managing the game the right way, not making mistakes. They have no room for error, and I think you know they'll play that way tonight and, and give the Rams all they can handle. He's one of the 15 players listed as questionable with the lingering abdomen injury. We fully expect that he will play. He played on Sunday, and there's no reason to think that injury was aggravated. But, uh, look, he started off, and he was a semi-shortlist MVP candidate. He had the COVID diagnosis. It took him several weeks to to fight his way back to where he was. And now he's doing just enough. He's it's, it's, it's quite a contrast from five years ago when he was the MVP. Now he's just doing enough. And some weeks it's good enough. Some weeks it isn't. Lately it has been good enough more often than not. And to finish where we started, Chris, with Jared Goff, you know, this is a test for him too between the ears. Can, can he step up? Yeah. against this Patriots team right. if they are confusing him at the line of scrimmage if they're sending guys after him if they're taking away things that the Rams like to do yeah how can Goff react and if there is a play that Sean McVay has concocted that will spring a guy wide open will Goff make the throw this time that's really the question that, wouldn't that, that be great there's no Brandon Cooks Right, but they still have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. You pop one of those guys wide open, is yep. he going to see him and is he going to make the throw? You know, you know what they call that. You know what he's got to do, right? Well, it's not a championship throw because the championship isn't on the line. Well, it's a practice. It all it's changes. a practice. It's a practice for the championship and, throw. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> okay. It's not. There's only there's only that moment once in your life. If you're lucky, there's two. Right. And uh, Jared Goff's trying to get back to be in position to have that second shot to do what he failed to do nearly two years ago. All right, let's take a break, and we'll continue this process of getting you ready for week number 14. It feels weird to say it, but we are on the brink of the 14th week of the 2020 NFL regular season. We'll do it What's More Likely style next here on PFT Live. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. I don't want to feel any pressure. I just think, man, it's, it's a, uh, and I'm, I'm being serious when I say, like, it's, uh, we, we just got to go back to practice. We got to be better each and every day. Um, we we got to execute better. We got to, you know, pay more attention to details. Because, um, I mean, it's not, we're not far off. Um, if you watch, I mean, if, Obviously, as bad as it you know felt in the first half, we lost the game by 10 points. Um, you know, a lot of these games were, were right there. It's just a couple things where um, things don't go our way, or, or we you know put pressure on ourselves. Uh, we make it harder than it has to be. Kyler Murray, Cardinals quarterback, trying to end a three-game losing streak. Would be a five-game losing streak, but for the Hale Murray play, which really didn't do much to to turn up. this team into the high-end contender we thought they were going to become. No. And now, a game that we would have looked at, Chris, several weeks. You all right there? What you yeah. got going I on? Just you got a little issue with wire stuff, right you know, there? hoodie, just getting uh, right. straight there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, just, I wondered. I didn't know whether you were performing some sort of surgery on your <laughs> neck uh, with you know, with, without the benefit of anesthesia. I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, uh, this game a few weeks ago, we looked at it and said, eh, eh, eh. Cardinals Giants now all of a sudden it's got some significance and you could argue the Giants have a better path to the postseason because they're tied for first place and they hold the tiebreaker over Washington in the NFC East at five and seven yeah so what's more likely in this Cardinals Giants game Kyler Murray has 50 plus rushing yards or the Giants 
have three or more sacks. Murray has three straight games with 31 or fewer rush yards, Chris. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the Giants have three-plus sacks here. I am. I'm going to say they get the three or maybe more. Uh, Listen, it's hard, maybe recency biased, but again, the formula is out there. And New England coaches have played Kyler Murray already this year. And guess what? We got New England coaches playing Kyler Murray once again. I just have a hard time. Not that it's going to be like, oh, man, what a pass rush by the New York Giants. I think a lot of it's going to be like what we saw last week with the Seattle Seahawks playing the Giants. Russell Wilson's going to draw back and be like, whoa, nobody's freaking open. Hold on. Wait, would somebody come open? Nope. And then all of a sudden it's going to collapse and he's going to get sacked and it's going to be that type of thing. I think it's going to be more out of keeping him contained but more out of, whoa, nobody's open and I'm confused a little and then get sacked. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think there's a difference, though, from the Seahawks game to this game because the Seahawks may have stepped into a trap. The Seahawks may have not taken the Giants seriously. And I don't think the Cardinals, especially after what the Giants did to the Seahawks, I don't think the Cardinals are going to do that. I think the best thing for the Cardinals to get themselves ready for this game was that the Giants beat the Seahawks because now the Cardinals are not going to to think that that they're the team that should easily win, that they know it's going to be a fight, and they may not have known that if the Giants hadn't just beaten the Seahawks. Sure, yeah, I, I, I hear you there. All right, so with all that, what are you saying? You think it's going to be 50-plus yards or three-plus sacks? I, I think that I have a hard time imagining Kyler Murray losing four straight games. I, I We need to look at the 2019 schedule to see if at any point they lost four games. I remember at one point they lost three in a row, and that was like – a match of his total college and high school losses yeah. together. Well, he was very close was to losing quite... five in a row right this year. So like, well, I know, said, I know, so, yeah, I know, yeah. but, but so, so five out of six, it'll be, if they lose this one, I just, I feel like he's going to find a way to rise up and, and overcome this giants team. And if that means getting 50 or more rush yards along the way, so be it. So I think it's more likely he'll have 50 or more rushing yards. Okay. How about the 11 and one chiefs now Whoa. back at the top of the PFT power rankings, which is far more important than winning a super bowl at the Miami dolphins, eight and four and the chiefs possibly peeking ahead to the week 15 showdown against the new Orleans saints. What's more likely Patrick Mahomes throws an interception in the game or Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa throws his first career NFL interception. Well, I'll say the first thing I'll say is that the Chiefs better not like take this lightly. They better not because this this Dolphins team matches up very well with them. Okay, in a lot of ways, and this Dolphins team with Brian Flores again, we know being from New England, they know they know how to defend Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and company and all that. I really want to say I think we could see both here. I would think with, hey, these corners and this secondary in Miami with that coaching of Flores and all that, that they give Mahomes and company a few moments of, you know, not driving the ball, being confused, maybe not looking great. I, I would think that happens tonight but I, or, or on Sunday. But I think if you're going to make me pick one, I'm going to go with Tua throws his first career interception. I think that that, that would make sense to me. I guess, I guess what I think is – the Chiefs can apply early pressure. That might make Tua and company have to throw the ball a little bit more than they'd like. And then this is a defense that does a lot of different stuff in Kansas City and gives you some crazy looks. It could be hard on a rookie quarterback. So I'll, I'll, I'll play that angle here. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Even though the Dolphins have an interception in nine of the yeah, last ten games, not including shocked. four straight, hmm. they haven't faced Patrick Mahomes, who barely – throws interceptions and has been very careful with the football this year. Tua hasn't seen a defense like the Chiefs in, in that you've got the versatility on the back end. It's it's a good smooth blend level to level. Yes. You know, there isn't one area that jumps out. It's just a solid balanced defense. We saw what they did on Sunday night to the Denver Broncos and I think it's more likely that we finally see an interception from Tua. With each passing week, there's more film, there's more film, there's more film, and and Steve Spagnuolo and company cracking a code and maybe maybe giving him a look and confusing him, making him think something's there that yeah, isn't that's there, right. and then there comes right. Tyron Matthew to grab the football, and that's that. The Vikings six and six at the rested Tampa Bay Buccaneers seven and five, a sneaky huge game 
especially if the Vikings should find a way to upset the Buccaneers. I don't see that happening. Frankly, I don't want to tip too much of my picks coming up later today. But what's more likely in this when Dalvin Cook has over 120 rushing yards or under 70? And we pose that because he's averaging 113.6 rush yards per game. That leads the league. And Tampa Bay is allowing 74.2 rush yards per game. That leads the league as well. So something's got to give in this one, Chris. Which one is more likely, 120 or under 70? Ah, man, it, that's – I mean, the, Dalvin Cook has reached, like, you know, unstoppable force phase, like, basically, as a runner. He really has. I mean, it, it's it's hard to envision him not getting 100 or close to it. By week, Buccaneers secondary – you know, young, talented. I don't know. I don't think the Vikings' offensive pass formula is all that complicated. I'm gonna go. If you're gonna make me pick one of these, I'm going. I'm going under 70. I'm gonna do that. I am. I just think the Buccaneers are gonna sell out to stop Dalvin Cook and just go. Hey, the same thing. We don't think the pass game and Kirk Cousins and everything's gonna beat us today as long as we take Dalvin Cook away. I think that'll be the approach, and they have the bodies and big people up front to do that. You know, back in 1998, Randy Moss's rookie season, the only regular season loss for the Vikings came at Tampa Bay. There would be some poetry in it if Justin Jefferson, the best Vikings rookie receiver since Randy Moss and one of the best rookie receivers we've seen, frankly, for any team since Randy Moss, if he could go down there and be the difference maker if they do sell out to stop the run and Kirk Cousins starts firing it in Justin Jefferson's direction and they can't stop him, that that may be the only way the Vikings can pull this off, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it could be. It, it might have to be. I, I could very easily envision it being, okay, and Dominican Sue and JPP and everybody slow down Dalvin Cook. And, yeah, I mean, if the Vikings want to make it happen, they should get some opportunities against, you know, Carlton, uh, I mean, Carlton Davis and those corners down there to go, hey, here's Justin Jefferson, double move, one-on-one downfield. They have become more dangerous that way, your Vikings football team, as the year has gone on. And Kirk Cousins, you know, we probably don't talk about him quite enough. I mean, the big throws, throws, you know, degree of difficulty throws. You know, Kirk Cousins is phenomenal that way. I mean, every week we watch him throw deep posts and post corners and 25-yard crossers and 20-yard in cuts, and they're on the money. You know, he, I, I don't see a whole lot of, like, four and five and eight easy, you know, eight yard easy completions for him. It's like it's screen to Dalvin Cook or we're going to throw a 30 yard completion. There's no in middle ground with them. And, you know, that's hard to play that way, but they do it and they do it effectively. And, you know, there's a, uh, people are comparing Justin Jefferson to Randy Moss. Randy Moss, that no. rookie year, it, it was deep ball, deep ball, deep ball, deep ball. Justin Jefferson's all over the place. He's making every catch on the route tree. He can do it all. He can. He's taking a lot of contact, too, but uh, he, he has gotten better and better and better and better, and I just think if they're going to have any chance. It, this may not be a Dalvin Cook game. This may be a Justin Jefferson makes I, I his think, arrival yeah. game. I think that's it. I do. I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I look at it like – for for the Vikings, if they want to win the game, it's almost going to have to be like you know their Bears game a few weeks ago when they played, where, yeah, we ran the ball. It wasn't great, but just effective enough to keep them worried about the run to where now we think Kirk Cousins and company can make a few plays in the past game. If they can make those plays and Kirk Cousins, you know, we look up at the end of the day and go, man, Kirk Cousins has got, you know, 320, 330 yards passing. Yeah, maybe they're in this football game. Uh, maybe they are, but I don't know. Do you think that your Vikings defense can stop Tommy and all those weapons either? No. Yeah. No. Right. No. No and no. Okay. We'll, we'll talk more about that later, later today in the PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Megapix podcast. But uh, for now, I'll just say no. Colts 8-4 and four at Raiders 7-5. and five. What's more likely, T.Y. Hilton has 100-plus receiving yards or Darren Waller, the great tight end of the Las Vegas Raiders, does. Last week, Hilton had his first 100-yard receiving game since 2018 when Andrew Luck was the quarterback, and Darren Waller had 200 receiving yards, sixth all-time by any NFL tight end. Uh, th this is a, it's a, I mean, Pete's done a good job of making these tough here. Uh, T.Y. Hilton certainly looks good and like back to 100% himself. That was the Houston Texans defense last night, last week, though, and they, they're pretty crappy as far as pass defense is concerned. You know, the Raiders 
on the other hand, will get in your face, can cover you man-to-man, don't give you a lot of easy throws. I know Damon, da- uh, Damon Arnett, you know, he came out of the game last week. I, I don't know what his status was. I think he got a concussion. Um, but I think in this one, I'm going with Darren Waller. I'm going to go Darren Waller has the big day. I guess last year's game, the Raiders-Colts still comes to my mind a little bit. You know, the Raiders with that big offensive line and what they do, the Colts not like the biggest defensive line. DeForest Buckner's big, but it's not a huge D-line. It's about a little bit more speed and movement and chaos and doing that type of stuff. I could see Oakland giving them issues running the ball and then leaving Darren Waller wide open for play action behind it and those type of matchups. So I'm going to go with Waller here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, just because T.Y. Hilton had one 100-yard receiving game for the first time in two years, that doesn't make me think that all of a sudden he's going to be racking him up left and right. I mean, Waller was just flat-out dominant, and maybe some of that dominance trickles over into this week. I still – yeah, I don't want to tip too many of my picks. I know. know. That's what I don't like about these segments. I feel like we talk too much. You get too much information. Steelers 11 and 1 at Buffalo 9 and 3 on Sunday Night Football. What's more likely, the Pittsburgh defense – has two or more interceptions, or Josh Allen has three or more total touchdowns. What's more like? How dare you disrespect my boy Blue, Pete Dimolitolitis? I mean, how dare you to think he would throw two plus interceptions? What are you doing? Um, no, this is that, that could very easily happen. We know the Pittsburgh defense and what they can create on that side of the ball, but uh, I'm going to go with Josh Allen and the three plus total TDs. I am. I don't expect it to be four or five or anything like that, but I think three is a very realistic number with the way he can play, the way he can run, extend plays, and and make things happen in the red zone or far outside the red zone. Yeah, I, I think they can. I still have questions with Steelers against this type of team. This is why I've talked about with them where I just don't think they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This will be a big you know, eye test to just see how they match up to an explosive offense that's got a good system and a quarterback who can take over games. Josh Allen has gotten to that that category, as we've seen. So when we saw last week, Pittsburgh, when the pass rush dies out, all of a sudden, Alex Smith, there's people open everywhere. And that's where I worry about Pittsburgh going forward. So you're going to make me pick one or the other. I'm going to go with Josh Allen, three TDs. You know, we talked about this earlier in the week. I look at what Josh Allen did to the 49ers defense, and I can see a similar thing happening to the Pittsburgh defense. And I'm going to agree with you. Even though the Steelers lead the league with 16 interceptions, and Josh Allen, your boy Blue, yeah. has made Bills fans blue a couple of times this year with two interceptions. Right. I just don't see it happen in this game. I just think the Bills are in the process of peaking at the right time. Right. The first glimpse Seems of it, it is what we saw on Monday night. They're getting these primetime games and nationally televised games. They got an NFL network doubleheader coming up Saturday the nineteenth, uh, where where they're playing in the afternoon and there's there's just, an edge people, about people them. People right get now. to see them. Yeah. Right. People get to see them down the home stretch and and they kinda like that. We're back. Remember the the fourth year of the Bills Super Bowl run, it was basically deal with it. They're kind of getting that right. deal with it attitude. we we're sick of hearing about the Steelers and the Chiefs. And they get a chance to do something about it as it relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Uh, plenty of good stuff there. And again, we will be making picks in every week 14 game coming up later today. For now, that we're going to take a break. When we return, some comments made on Wednesday about the shakeup in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts in, Carson Wentz out. We'll talk about some of the things that the folks had to say in Philly when PFT Live continues right now. Hey, Jalen, take us through Doug Peterson telling you the news that you'd be starting and what was your initial reaction to it? Um, Obviously, it's it's a great opportunity. Um, And, you know, coach talked to me, talked to both of us, and it's a great opportunity moving forward. So um, we're we're focused on things we have to do this week. And uh, I just want to take advantage of the opportunity. Guy who was once benched in a national championship game by Nick Saban for Tua right. Tonga Vailoa now enters the fray for the Philadelphia Eagles under under far less glamorous circumstances because the Eagles are just trying to win a football game. Chris, look, I you know I've been thinking about this a lot from every possible angle, and 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 there is I think a certain basic appeal to the idea that 
if folks in Philly are calling for Carson Wentz's head, fine. Let's see what Jalen Hurts can do right. with this mess that's around him. And I think we may quickly find out that it's not like Hurts is going to do any better, even with a week to prepare or two or three games in a row where he plays. It's not going to be a dramatic improvement. If it is, great. Right. But I think we're going to find out it's not going to be a dramatic difference. I, I think that's really probably part of the 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 you know part of the equation here or the thought process I should say for what Philadelphia was doing I mean one I think yeah they're looking at it like we we need to do something the offense is not good they're hearing it everybody national media Philadelphia everybody it's Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts Carson Wentz you know all that issues so I think they know that and then the fact that Carson Wentz yeah is you know like I said earlier this week a beaten down puppy almost to where they go like exactly what you said. Let's throw him out there. Maybe he gives us a spark. But at the very least, with the way we've been and as crappy as we've been, we, we're probably going to be crappy. And everybody else will realize, hey, it's not Carson Wentz. And this quarterback didn't make us any better either. I, I would think that was part of the, the thought process. They're really in a no-lose situation as far as you know making this move and, and seeing where it goes. Uh, for the most part. I guess, I guess there is a little lose part of the situation if, if it goes one way. Center Jason Kelsey chimed in on the situation on Wednesday. Perhaps his most significant comment since the day that he was dressed like someone guarding the doors to the Emerald City. Here's yeah. Jason Kelsey on the quarterback situation. It's kind of hard to believe that we're at this point now, to be honest with you. Um, you know, this season has not gone the way any of us obviously anticipated or would like it to have gone. But, um, you know, sitting here 3-8-1, and one, you know, we, you got to do something. You got to try and make a change or, or whatever. And, you know, obviously, you know, the offense has been absolutely terrible, uh, you know, the last four weeks in particular. So, um, you know, I have no, no doubt that this is not the, the, uh, the uh, final to the Carson Wentz story or saga. Um, I will always have confidence in him as a person and him as a player. At the end of the day, this is ultimately a culmination of a lot of failures on offense. I don't know that the Jalen Hurts pick is a huge part of that. I think that that more comes down. This more comes down to, um, you know, a failure of pretty much every position, including the coaches, to facilitate a functioning offense, and uh, that's the biggest story here. Wow. Well said. You rarely hear right? that kind of analysis and candor. From inside the house. Hey, Doug Peterson, the phone call is coming from inside the house. I mean, that that is accurate, but it's also got kind of a raw, painful feel to it to hear it coming from a guy who knows. It does. A guy who knows. A guy who's got, you know, all the, you know, stripes and badges and honors and everything in the locker room to be like, hey, he's a stud. He's the best. I mean, he's one of the best centers we've had in football the last 10 years. So, and there's no, there's no, you could tell with the way he's talking there. And then like, there's no nonsense. He's not playing games with anybody. He's just telling, shooting it straight. He's been around. He's been on a Super Bowl team. He realizes, like he said, it's just, it's bad at every level, every level. And he's seen Carson Wentz carry the team last year. And he was there with Carson Wentz in 2017. So he's not going to give up on a guy where he's seen how good he can be when it's all rolling. And, you know, I appreciated that, that that whole snippet there. That was really well said and well done by him. He's one of the few that can do it too, because he's contemplated retirement and decided to keep going. And he clearly falls into the Danny Glover lethal weapon. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> it does, yes. You know what? So well, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Cut him right. because he was honest about what's going on from a fan perspective, from a media perspective, it's refreshing to hear someone basically confirm what we've all been thinking and seeing, even though it's not all that difficult to see it. A lot of times the people on the inside are in denial and maybe, maybe the best way to turn it around, Chris is to recognize it. I, I don't know that you can do anything about it. It reminds me of the bears situation when Matt Nagy talked several weeks ago after they lost to the Rams with the defense of Chicago scoring more points than the offense in that game. It's not like you can just wave yeah. a magic wand and make it better. You're limited by the guys you have. Yes, there's really there's not going to be some magical transformation. You know, maybe we see a few plays in the game where they catch the Saints off guard this week because it's a new Jalen Hurts running play or something like that. 
But I got a hard time even believing that's going to catch the Saints off guard because they get to see guys like Taysom Hill in practice all the time and probably have a pretty good understanding of how a quarterback run type offense will work. Let alone, you know, what people got to realize too is this offense is not great and doesn't lend itself to a lot of open receivers to begin with, you know. Um, and now you have a quarterback who you're going to rein it in a little bit. You got to rein it in because, yeah, he hasn't played this year and he is a rookie. He's not going to be able to do some of the things Carson Wentz does at the line of scrimmage and all of that. So, you know, that's another factor in this, too. So I, I'm, I'm interested to just see how the offense looks and where it goes from here. But like I said, I don't think there was any bad side. I guess the only negative maybe for Philadelphia is what? Jalen Hurts does really good, and now we go into the offseason and go, wait, you know, the Eagles look pretty good with Jalen Hurts, and now you have a real issue. And that's where maybe that's maybe the worst thing that could happen to the Eagles in this situation. They, they already have a real issue. Yeah. And the question is, how many changes can be made, will be made after this season, and how much of it will be 2021 hot seat time for everyone involved. But it just it has felt in recent weeks like it's moving towards some sort of finality, especially because, and what team did we talk? I, I, where, where was I? I was talking about this on Chicago Radio yesterday about the Bears. We're at the point where, and I think this applies in both cities, that the silence of ownership becomes deafening. Remember last year about this time, Lions ownership came out and said, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are safe. Right. Like, if you don't get that message soon from Jeffrey Lurie in Philly or someone named McCaskey, whether it's George or someone else, or Ted Phillips in Chicago, you really start to wonder what's going to happen when the season ends, that we're getting to the point where you need to hear that people are safe or you you start thinking maybe people aren't safe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right, you're right. I mean, Chicago's one I'm going to have my ear to because that, that I think, is like a real possibility. As much as things might be unraveling in Philadelphia, I, I just don't think you could be thinking about firing this regime yet. I, I don't. And I, I, I think this is one thing well, where – what they've done, you Jeffrey give Jeffrey Lurie needs to say it. Right. He needs he to does. come out and say it. I agree. No doubt about it. Yep. All right. We got more to say about America's team. Or is it America's team? It may not be America's team anymore. More PFT Live right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 